0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trudy podcast. We've got a cool one today. I know there's probably a lot of women in this community that know about astrology, that know about human design, very interested in the intersection of human design and how it can actually affect how you run your business, how you do lots of things in your life. Really, that's why it's called human design because it's such an a diverse modality that's able to help you navigate life, navigate decisions. I've only touched the surface with this subject, so I'm very excited to share this conversation with Roberta Vamaro, who, interestingly, I know through my yoga community, I've got this gorgeous group of women. We all run our own businesses, a few of us are coaches. Some of us are more on the yoga, corporate yoga side, branding. And so we get together occasionally and we do a Zoom call. We're also based in five different locations around the world. So you can imagine getting all of us together at a good time. It's quite a feat, but they're very fun conversations. And I was very intrigued by Roberta's story because I knew that she had grown up in South America, she lived in New York, but now she lives in Barcelona and she'd also been a lawyer in a past life, which you'll learn about, quite a contrast to what she is doing now because now her work is very much involved in the wellness industry. For the last 15 years, she has been a meditation and yoga teacher and executive coach But the cool thing is, is that having come from a really intense background, such as law, she gets what it's like to be someone trying to navigate that sort of career, that high-pressure career, and burn out, or be trying to find the right path for you. If it isn't in corporate, then what do you do next? So her coaching very much grounds people in the technologies of human design, humanology, yoga and meditation, helping them to navigate these busy, stressful times, have the energy and confidence to do what they love, whether that be to excel in their current career or perhaps move into something different. Here's episode number 136 in my conversation with Roberta Vamaro. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh, let's do this. Welcome Roberta. It's a pleasure to be with you on this Friday morning for me, Thursday evening in Barcelona for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So great to be
0: here. Roberta and I were just talking about the cultural differences and for her, how late is it there right now? Is it nine o'clock or something?
1: It's 9:15. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for her, this is not—that's not late, <laughs> and it's 7 a.m. for me. So we're we're working with our cultural differences, which is kind of fun. So yeah. today, I wanted to chat to Roberta because she has very interesting backstory that I feel that a lot of this audience are going to identify with. I certainly have identified with the the big change that she made in her life a number of years ago. So we're going to dive into that, but. I'm also very interested to have Roberta talk to us a little bit about human design and humanology and how she is creating this offer to be able to help people live better, live and work better. And according to like by design, really by their Mm -hmm. human design, if you will. So without me trying to explain it in in my words, I'm going to get the expert to talk about it. But first, Roberto, I'd love to dive a bit into your backstory and I understand you were a lawyer in a past life. Is that right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. It was a past life. Yeah. It feels like a past life. But yeah, I was a lawyer in Rio. I was born in Rio in Brazil and New York. I moved to New York as a young adult. And I was the typical, you know, stressed lawyer. I was an international tax lawyer, which is an incredible Ooh. kind of like, yeah, super specific area of law. And I had a pretty a pretty steady career. Like it was growing and it was going really well. I couldn't complain. For all intents and purposes, everyone was like, oh, you're so lucky, it's so great. That doesn't mean that I didn't study really hard to be there, of course. But I, I started to feel like, a little bit tired. I actually had a burnout, like a physical burnout that took me to the hospital. And I only started to pay attention to what is it that I really want to do with my life? You know, what is it that truly matters when I got to that level that I was like lying on the hospital bed and I had this like my life flashing, you know, in my mind. And that's when I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy doing this. This is not really my idea, you know, and I, I remember this very clearly. I just made the decision right there and then, like, nope, this is not for me. So I gave my two weeks' notice at the law firm. And yeah, just completely, at, at first, I wasn't thinking I am going to quit this to do something. I just felt like this is not for me. And I was at a situation that I could actually quit and take some time, right? So some it's time, some time to heal. And that's when gradually, organically, people started coming to me asking questions, like, you know, they saw that I was meditating a lot. I was doing a lot of yoga and they were like, Oh, you look so radiant. You look so happy. What are you, what is it that you're doing? And I was doing, actually, I was practicing yoga since I was quite young. I was 13 when I first started, but not like every day, you know, daily. That was the time when I really needed to heal. And so organically the lawyers that I used to work with were like, Hey, can you teach me? Because I want to have what you're having. I want to do what you're doing. And that's how I shifted my career into teaching yoga and meditation and eventually coaching, you know, to help people really overcome the same hurdles that I was, you know, having to to overcome. That's,
0: it's cool how organic that change was, because I think a mm. lot of people, and I know that I also made the the exit out of architecture, and I thought I knew where I was going to end up. I thought it was going to stay in design, but 10 years later now, I look back and I go, wow, that was not even what I thought it was going to look like. And I also used to coach women through career transitions or starting side hustles. And then obviously it's become small business coaching, but that was a real point of friction for people. And I feel like for you, it was a matter of just listening to your body and going, something's Mm -hmm. going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like, but did you have any, any friction with that decision or, or the process of then deciding to use your practice and teach people and and then eventually coaching? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm curious to know about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't any friction, let's put it this way internally. And also in terms of like how the business was was happening, you know, like the clients were coming to me. It was very, very organic, which I know now in human design is also explained through my design. I'll talk about it later. But it happened, I also be- believe that it happened because it was meant to happen, because it was my mission. I've I've always felt connected to something like that, something meaningful like but that of course, you know, there, there was a little bit like my my parents were a little bit like, oh, so you're quitting a career in law to like you know, teach meditation is like, what's up with that? You know, of course, you know, they invested thousands and thousands of dollars in my education. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. So my dad was actually pretty, pretty okay with it. And it was funny, because even before I started teaching yoga, he was one of the very first people that introduced me as a yoga teacher. We were just having lunch and one of his friends like walked in and he goes, Oh, this is my daughter. She's a yoga teacher. And I was like, I haven't even taught a single class and he's already introduced me like that. But my mom was a bit more, you know, she she, she came from a very sort of like a, a childhood that was quite difficult. Like she came to like the top of the line. She's an Aries, like super go-getter kind of personality. And she firmly believes in that corporate job. So for her, that was a bit challenging. And I was mm-hmm. relatively young when I did this too. I was in my late twenties, you know, so it, it was sort of like a bit of a, she wasn't super content, but eventually she did understand that this is truly what I wanted to do. And of course, I, I'm the one to make the decision. And she felt like, you know, this is something that it's her, you know, but yeah, that, that was the the little bit of friction there.
0: Yeah. And amazing that you just kept pursuing and kept putting one foot in front of the other, because I know the parents thing for me, was always in the back of my mind. And even though they're completely happy with the direction, it's not like they, they you know, resent me for it or anything like that. And they never would would have, I realize now. And I think a lot of that you take on your own shoulders just because of things that the little things that they might say as you're growing up or as you're making the decisions to go into the career and so I, I really commend you that you just kept putting one foot in front of the other because I think that a lot of people do get burdened by that feeling and then it mm-hmm. really drives their decisions or keeps them small in terms of you starting a business and things like that. Oh, all of those yeah. thoughts can come come back mm-hmm. and very much determine how successful you become and things like that. So it's really commendable that you just intuitively kept going. <laughs> you you moved to Vancouver at some point, is that right?
1: I did, yeah. So we, I did teach for a long time, not a long time actually, a couple of years internationally. I taught in Brazil, then I taught in New York as well. Eventually at some point in my career, I decided that I wanted to do try, you know, doing a little bit of both, like maybe I can do a little bit of legal consulting on the side and at the same time teach the yoga. But I met my husband, this was in New York, and my husband is Canadian. And so when I moved to Canada, this was two, 2010 or so, when I moved to Canada, I I decided I didn't want to do the, the, the law thing anymore. First of all, I would have to go back to school because that's how the, the legal system works there. And I felt like, no, I'm not going to do this again. And I was already at that time, I had been working for a little while. So I felt like this, it, it doesn't make sense. And I didn't, didn't feel excited about it. So I felt I am going to honor this mission, this calling, right? Which is basically, this is what I wanted to do. So I say my full transition into teaching happened when I moved to Canada and I found this is this is an f- interesting story about connection and networking yeah. and stuff like that, because when I moved to Canada, I didn't know anyone. And my husband, even though he was from Canada, he's from Canada, we moved to a different town. He's from Calgary. We, we moved to Vancouver and he didn't know anyone right in Vancouver. I didn't know anyone. So I'm kind of like, what am I going to do? Am I going to knock door to door to yo- at yoga studios and ask to teach, you know, or what do I do? And this is something, this is a question that comes up sometimes with clients, with people that I, I, I help and are transitioning careers and stuff. And I felt for me organically, just intuitively, what came up was I need to go take a course because if I take a yoga course or something like that, I will probably meet people, make connections, you know, this is the network, meet teachers And eventually show who I am and how I teach and things like that. So it was kind of very clear. It was almost like in a sense shown to me, like this is why I say to people it was very organic. So eventually I did, I started a a yoga course and the person that was running the course was like, yeah, you know, within a a week was like, I need somebody to teach. Do you want to teach here? I'm like, sure. And and the whole thing started.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I bet that those experiences have really helped you with what you do now, because you, if anyone is ever afraid to trust their gut or trust that little voice, you can say, well, I've had this experience and I know that it's going to be okay. You're going to be, you're going to be okay on the other side, even if there's a little discomfort in the way through that it all works out. Because I think that's a lot of what people struggle with, isn't it? Is that they have this little voice inside them their gut instinct that's telling them something and maybe this is also but I think this is also a human design thing as well because I'm wondering I'm just going to switch quickly to human design for a second but yeah is intuition something that certain people have much stronger with human design and then I know that some people wait for the invitation to come to them is that right mm-hmm. there's like a different
1: yeah. dynamic yeah. here yeah Yeah, there's definitely a different dynamic or like in a sense of like how you were in in a sense of like organically, how you are energetically, I should say, not even organically, but energetically and how your centers are, because we talk about centers in human design, much like we talk about in yoga, but the intuition side in human design, it's actually not so much in the head as we talk about in yoga, it's actually in the spleen which is yeah. one of the centers that we talk about in human design. So some people have that spleen defined, which means if you look at a chart, if anybody has seen a, a human design chart, which you can find online, if your chart is colored on the spleen side, it means that you have the energy running through you all the time. And that's the intuition. That's the, the awareness in the now, I know what to do. You know, there's that little voice in your head that shows, but it's not necessarily coming from thought.
0: Mm. It's coming from
1: knowing, it's coming mm. from having this awareness in the now, in the present. So some people have this happening it, running through them all the time, which is my case. I actually have a hyper-defined spleen, meaning that a lot of the a lot of the scent of uh, the channels there are active. They are defined. So that's natural to me. But what I teach is anyone can actually connect with intuition because even if you don't have it defined, even if you don't have this organically in a sense, like you were born with the energy running through you all the time, you still pick it up. You pick it up from other people, you pick it up from transits. This is the human design way of explaining. And you also pick up from practice because anything that you have in your chart that is not colored, that is not defined, as I said, is where where you came to learn. On this on this in this life on the planet ah. so you can develop that you can technically master that so even if you don't have people go oh my gosh I don't have I don't have intuition no you do anyone can have that right but it's just that it's not running there all the time let's put it this way yeah okay maybe we'll
0: we'll go deeper with this for people that are thinking Oh, they're talking a lot about human design. They might talk about astrology. There's a bit of that. It's come up already. Give us the, the beginner, the 101 description of what human design is for anyone that's listening and thinking, oh, this sounds really interesting, but I have no
1: idea what they're talking about. Yeah, sure. So in a nutshell, I'd say human design is a system to help you navigate your energy right? So you know who you are, you know how the energy runs through your body, like literally how you feel throughout the day, how many hours of sleep do you need? So that's it, you navigate your energy, and you know how to interact with other people's energies, because you understand that people are not necessarily the same as you, right? So you you respect the differences, and you know how to navigate life through that. It is a system that was channeled. So I don't know if anybody here knows the story of human design, but it was a a channeled in a sense that the person had the download of how human design, you know, should operate. And it's a system that actually combines a lot of different things. So why was it appealing to me? You know, we were talking about my career transition from law to yoga. You know, eventually I was led to human design through the yoga community, through the meditation community, because there are some concepts that make sense and are connected to yoga so we talk about aura in human design the same as in yoga we talk about the centers the energetic centers like we do in yoga but it is a little bit more i'd say it's different the human design because it it felt that the human system actually instead of having only the seven chakras you know that we have Mm. in yoga along the spine Mm. we actually evolved into having two more important chakras, because we actually have more than that, but with two more important ones, which is the spleen, as I mentioned, the intuition, and the solar plexus, which is the emotional intelligence side, right? How you feel, the feelings. Mm. And we evolved from being beings that were pretty much in the heads, right? Thinking, thinking, mental, intellectual, into more of an emotional or intuitive, you know, beings. That's kind of the explanation of how the nine centers came to as as this download. You know, not that they came to existence, but they started making more sense and uh, become more developed with time because we as humans started to develop as well. But in a nutshell, it's a system to help you navigate energy. And I use it personally, when I practice, when I coach people, I use it in connection with humanology, which is a science of yoga, of behavior connected to yoga, so it's coaching in a sort of more easy to grasp term applied to human design or human design applied to coaching. So interesting. Okay. And I'm very interested because
0: you've also decided to work with people that have taken a similar journey to you. And maybe they haven't had quite as extreme circumstances ending up in hospital, but they certainly know something's a little bit off and they can't quite place it or they. They don't have some sort of structure in order to channel their energy better. And maybe they've had a burnout, or maybe they're just thinking, if I keep going this way, I'm going to be heading for burnout. Do you work with mostly women or with
1: men as well? I work with men as well. Yeah. In fact, my first clients were men okay yeah interesting yeah interesting but I love working I love working with both because I feel there's something about working with like I'm a woman so working with another woman I can understand that from a very sort of organic way too this is the word of the the podcast organic yeah. I have said that many <laughs> times <laughs> I don't know why. how many times can we, we say me? organic <laughs> organic <laughs> but it feels like that. But I do love working with men too. I do have a lot of masculine energy, in my astrological chart and my human design chart. So I do feel very, it's easy for me to do it. And I also, this is my my conversation about evolution, not evolution in the sense of that we know, but like how in a metaphysical way, we talk about the different ages and how we are evolving, you know, as humans, into different sort of astrological eras you can call, but also energetic eras. And in human design, we certainly talk about that, right? And we're moving from an era that was incredibly masculine, very yang, you know, the principle, very left brain. And we're going towards the yin kind of era, which is more emotional, more feminine. So within this transition, and this is something I think that people are experiencing even on a very practical level, I feel like men are a little bit like, I don't know what to do. It's like the role is like, shifting. So I actually really like to work with men to help, you know, navigate this, this shifting in a supportive way.
0: Mm. In terms of managing energy and burnout, do you find that it doesn't matter if it's man or woman that, that they? it's something I feel is often spoken a lot about around women that they, and maybe that's also because I've been in circles with women coaching them and also just through how I've delivered my work that I speak with a lot of women. But would you say that across the board, this is something that people are suffering from, but it just manifests, if you will, in different ways, depending on whether you're a male or female. I think women physically can tend to have that, that physical burnout as well, but I I guess men do, but it seems like you don't hear about it as much. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I'd say women talk more about it. Okay, Men experience burnout, but they don't talk about it. So they might not necessarily even know they have, but they do have, you know, it shows up in different ways. Mm. So for example, one, one client that I have, like he, he wouldn't qualify what he was having as burnout, but he couldn't sleep. He had ins- insomnia, and uh, he had even a diagnosis of some kind of chronic stress, whatever kind of you know syndrome. But he wouldn't say that he was burnout, because for me, for him to say that is like, oh, you know, I'm not able, to, I'm not strong enough. You know, that mm. that was kind of the mentality. So I think it's more talked about with women, and women are more more willing to look for help, especially in the early stages of burnout. Whereas men, it's usually the, the clients that I had in the past, the, the these past couple of years all came through, oh, my doctor told me I need to do something about it. (laughs) I need to meditate or I need to, you know, manage my energy. It didn't come like, oh, I'm feeling a little burnt out. I should do something, you know? I think that's the key difference. And there is also like in in the yoga science, we talk about women being, and this is actually even physiologically speaking, women have like the the, the hormonal cycles are very different, right? So we Mm. do have in a sense, a more fragile, or not necessarily like weak, but it's it's more affected by the environment and by external factors than the men's hormonal system. So we actually now now science is talking about the fact that women needs more, they, we need more sleep than men. So I think that's that's both, but I'd say on, in my experience, when I'm working with men, it's typically they don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but they are experiencing it.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because the way that I see it play out with people in my life is for men, it will be restlessness and a lack of purpose, perhaps that they're feeling that. Mm -hmm. and, And for, I think, because that's, if you are a masculine man, that's probably how you're going to experience it a little more. Versus maybe the, the and probably you'd have physical symptoms, but that's probably what you would be con- mm-hmm. concentrated on. is I'm listless, I've got no purpose, no direction, or I feel really stuck. And yes. so it's more that that that's what causes it. And I've also heard that generally burnout for for men and women recently they've talked about it that it is that feeling of not have being in the right place and and so the burnout actually comes from grinding day after day and kind of going against your mm-hmm. purpose or going against what you're supposed to be doing. And I guess that's where the human design is really beautiful because you can maybe help orientate people a little more towards what that could look like
1: for them. Exactly. You, you said it so beautifully. That's so true. You know, there's so many layers with burnout. We think it's just about resting and sleep and it, and it's really not, you know, it's, it's really, it, there, there are so many facets, like it's your mind, it's your emotions, it's how you're handling life and the obstacles that life brings and all of that, you know, stuff, but also a misalignment, a misalignment with your mission, with your purpose. I find also a misalignment with the way that the energy operates in your body, in your systems, you know, so basically human design can help with that. Because if you have a certain kind of constitution, even, mm. you know, that is more, I'll give an example, like projectors, for example, my husband is a projector, they need more rest, you know, they need more rest than a manifesting generator or a generator. So it's something that once you figure that out, you go, so it's okay for me to actually have that afternoon nap. I guess it's okay for me to do the four hour work week, right? It may not work for everyone. That's why I say the four hour work week, this used to be my, my kind of like I used to talk a lot about that in lectures and stuff. Like it it doesn't work for everyone. Like I don't want to work just for four four hours. I love my work. (laughs) I want to work for way more hours. And I have the energy to do, whereas other people might not have, you know? So I think that's the, the beauty of it. It's how the system can be, it's not one size fits all. It's not a formula. It's a system that works for you, but it has to work with you, with your energy.
0: Something that came to mind just then is I think it's interesting that human design I always find this fascinating when, when we would call it in yoga, we'd call it a technology, that these technologies become more present on the planet and more widespread, but it's also come at a time when the actual technology is changing and it's also changing the way in which we work and moving out of that industrial complex that funneled us into nine to five, Monday to Friday, working conditions and cubicles years later and things like that. That it's, it's very interesting, I think, that this technology in terms of the human design has has become more present at a time when, when there's also more opportunities to create your own working environment. Would you say that that's
1: not a coincidence or what's your I, yeah, take on that? I, I totally don't think it's a coincidence, yeah. I think it's such a, it's the way that the planet is moving, the energy is moving. We talk about in human design, something called the new paradigm, right? Which is the year is 2027. So part of this system, when it was initially downloaded, I say downloaded, it's a very technological word as well, because it was the person that actually created, wasn't really creating this method. It was basically understanding and seeing and, using his obviously his mind and his knowledge to put it together but it does put together and it does combine a lot of different systems like yoga as i mentioned but as well the tao astrology as well so it's a very complete complex very mathematical system and he started teaching this in the 90s you know in a sort of like a broad way but people would literally not get it like not understand it and just like very very few people would really get and he He actually spent a lot of time talking about the fact that this system was going to be understood and talked about and sort of like promote, not promoted, but spread with the ages changing, which is exactly now. So now we're ready to understand it. And people that I didn't even imagine that knew about human design the other day was actually at a... It was a networking event and it had a lot of people in marketing and like a journalism kind of industry. And they, I said something about human design and they were like, oh, I know I'm a generator. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So it's very interesting how everybody's, you know, understanding this. So I don't think it's by accident. I think this whole technological, the technological era, which is what we're facing right now, going through and, and experiencing right now, it's such a, there's a lot of pressure. I was thinking about this when I was watching a What's the name of the TV show? It was a TV show from the 90s. I was watching it with my husband and we were both like, isn't the pace of the show so like calm and like slower and cozy, even though it's a political show? I think it's the West Wing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be like the White House and things are happening. But no, it's super calm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they didn't have cell phones you know, that was one of the the things that came up. It's like now you get a message and you have to reply right away. Mm. You're always wired. There's Mm. no, you know, like gap, there's no thinking, there's no pause in between. So I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of these systems like yoga, meditation, of course, has been around for a long time, but I think it's more needed than ever. And human design coming right now is or not coming, but really growing right now. I think it's definitely in alignment with the change. Yeah. I was thinking that last night
0: too how the last 10 years it's it's all, all also really funny because I guess the change that I went through was 10 years ago now and I th- look back at the last probably 10 to 15 years 12, 12 yeah maybe 12 years when I probably got my first iPhone in my late twenties and that seems probably so old for some people, which is really funny, but when I got my first iPhone and that's when I really started to feel like that was the big, that was a big change. That coming, coming into existence was like, this is what they talked about when I was little. And it yeah. was like, you're going to have a computer on your wrist and bang, there it is. You know? Oh <laughs> my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. I can just so see how people would be unconsciously struggling with the pressure because the technology, we also know that the technology that we are seeing is probably five years to 10 years behind what's actually being developed behind the scenes. So I also am very conscious to that, <laughs> that mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now is just, they're not going to give us all of it at once, right? Because it would be too way too much, but certainly, yeah, movies, like all of these things that we interact with, it's moved so fast and it's moving so fast that the human, what we call, we talk about it in terms of the nervous system is it must be, people would be feeling the pressure, even if it's a very unconscious level for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, having things like human design to help explain how to manage this time is really, is really key.
1: Yeah. So, so true. And it's interesting because I was, when you were talking about it, I was just remembering this conversation about technology and web three. Right. Mm. This is the next, the next thing that is coming. So web three is way more immersive. It's way more, you know, they want to make it more into a virtual reality. And now you're putting other factors, which is like money that it's, you know, cryptocurrencies and things like that. So basically it, it's evolving. It is evolving. Like I don't think anybody can tell exactly how this is going to look like, even though, of course, technologically we're probably five to ten years behind the creators right the people that are creating the technology behind the scenes but even them with this new paradigm this conversation i don't think we're going to be doing things the way that we were in the past i think it's going to be completely different you know and i think that's probably why this is thinking obviously you know just thinking out loud but I think that's probably why there's so many right now people are so there's that uncertainty that is a little bit of that I don't know if you're noticing that with your clients but a lot of like I don't know what to do I don't know what to call my position or my career I don't know even finding a job like that. I have some friends that are looking for a job right now and they're like the jobs are different the description the there's a lot of confusion around that and I think, you know, it's that transition. A lot of the jobs that people will be doing are not even, they don't even exist yet. So people need to calm down and, and get really grounded. I think that's my, what I have been telling clients and myself too, because I'm not immune to it. It's, it's a very shifty kind of time. So getting grounded, go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Simple things. I'm watching nineties TV shows to make you know calm down. So my do I think we're on like the third round of Seinfeld. Oh <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah.
0: I love it. But it's also, yeah. I think, for someone that's grown up in the in the eighties and the nineties, it's comforting. I yeah. think that I can totally, totally you know, like I used to laugh at my parents when they'd be nostalgic about programs that they'd watch in the sixties and seventies. And now I totally get it mm-hmm. because I think there's a bit of nostalgia in that. And and for people that I, I look, I don't know my astrology or my Akashic records or anything like that, but I feel like my husband and I probably also have a a, a long old history behind us yeah. that makes us kind of be able to be in this world but also have a lot of ideas that have come maybe from the past I don't know that's just a sense that I have yeah and I should maybe find some answers around that yeah but I think there is people like us that also realize oh there we've got to like you were saying you know get back to the extreme opposite things that will bring your energy back down to a, a grounded place. So you need to be in the water every day. You need to be your feet on the grass. Like it's not a joke. It's like we actually, in order to be able to manage this time, you'll have to do more of the extreme opposite.
1: <laughs> For sure. So yeah. True.
0: So let's talk a little bit about how you actually work because you've created something called the Magnetic Blueprint Coaching System. Could you talk mm-hmm. us through what that looks like to take
1: a client through that process? Yeah, so usually when people come to see me, they have some sort of question in mind. It's usually a career transition, a burnout situation or relationships. These are the, the three you know topic 3 right. consultation <laughs> questions but we start with the human design part if the person is open to it and most people are some people might have done some human design consultation in the past or they might they might know their design from googling you know because you can find out on the internet and stuff like that but they want to know how to apply that specific personality or energy level to the problem that they're having how how do i use this like knowing myself and i often even if the person have they haven't heard about human design let's say often what i do is to ask if it's okay because it helps me for me to know that right what is your human design it's okay for me to find out and usually people are very open to it even like lawyers that i work with and have no idea what human design is because even if they're not necessarily interested in knowing this like i don't know i don't care my astrology sign or whatever it does give me a better way of understanding the person. Right? And most people are very open to that. So we talk a little bit about the the design and then the most important part we apply the design and how the energy moves through them and this is the difference between the my coaching system and other coaching systems is that when I look at the chart I'm not necessarily going to spill out knowledge. So for you to know, you can find this again go on YouTube, go you know, on Instagram, you're going to find so much content. Oh, what is a projector? What is a generator? What is a manifesting generator? So that's the stuff that I feel I want to go beyond that. So obviously I explain to people if they don't know, but going beyond is looking at how the, how the body is wired, how their energetic body and physical body is literally wired and how the problem that they're having is connected to that. And it's, always connected to that. So it's a funny thing. Like I was just going yesterday, I had this networking event and I'm the kind of person I can't help it if I meet someone. My husband is like, my husband was with me and my husband is a great negotiator, business person. And he was kind of like looking, He, he I, could, I could see that he was checking, you know, my conversation but I was talking to this person and it was a coach that was telling me I can't get any clients. I'm having such a hard time financially. And we talked about human design. I knew he was a generator. And I was like, OK, let me see your chart. So I just what's your birthday? Your time of birth is so where I look at it. And right away, I could tell the, the issue, you know, like it had to do with this line. It had to do with the center. So I'm like telling him what it was. And my husband is like, you should have charged for that. That's your work. And I'm like, but I can't help it. I help people. It's just, It just comes out. You know, it just takes over me and I have to tell them. And also I could tell like he was going through a financial problem. So I wasn't I wasn't going to sell, you know, my, my services or whatever, but it was such a funny experience because my husband has in human design, he has this channel that is all about financial interactions and in business. You know, they can sell anything. Whereas I don't have that. So this energy is not always running through me, you know, and my cross of incarnation is called the cross of service. I'm here to help people so I can help it. But that's an example, you know, like something that it's a tangible problem that you have and how do you apply your personality or energy to fix that problem? So that's mm. kind of the, the the gist of it. And people start to with one consultation and sometimes like that changed my life. I don't need to do anything else to more of a program. So if I'm working with somebody that is burnt out and they want to actually physically feel better, we can actually go a little bit more into the breath work and meditation, which I also teach, but knowing how the energy operates within their body, within their systems.
0: Mm, I love that. I love how you've combined that, yogic science with the human design and for me that is is in your world in terms of the yoga as well it's it's very interesting because I can also really see and I can see why Guru Jagat started to get quite curious about it because it would have really made sense to her as well and then I know she started organizing her team a lot around understanding people's human design and things like that I just remember her speaking little bits about it in conversations and in the start of her lectures at the start of classes and things and I was like oh that's pretty cool you know because I think at first she was like oh what's this like everybody's talking about is this a new thing that you know a new fad and speech or whatever (laughs) and when she got into it I no, she had a woman that's quite well known, Erin Claire Jones, on her yes. podcast, I think. and she's had a had a baby now, but she was she was pretty great at at, yeah, providing a lot of deeper insights around around the human design world. Yeah. I'm curious to know for you and your business, once you started to understand this work, and I think this could be great for a lot of the women and men that, run businesses listening to this, how you've taken that knowledge and then applied it to running your own business structurally, but also mm-hmm. you're talking a bit about marketing then as well. It'd be kind of cool to think about how you attract clients too. So it's that's a double-sided
1: question. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So I definitely... I definitely applied without knowing and then knowing my human design, because this is the thing when you when you are aligned, let's, let's say you're doing your meditation or your yoga, you're feeling good, you are living your design, right? That's Mm. the name human design. It's meant for you to live your design. So when you are aligned, this is happening. The problem is when you're being in a sense we call the conditioning, you're being conditioned by either other people or the environment or different energetic plays happening in your life, then you kind of go a little bit out of alignment and you get confused. And that's usually when the burnout happens and the feeling stuck and the the dissatisfaction. So organically, when I felt back to the word of the day, organically, when I felt that I was aligned, that I was living my life in a very balanced way, I noticed that I didn't want to follow things in the very in the way that people were doing so, for example, if I were to take a course online. I would always start taking the course like read a little bit about it or, or listen to the first video and then i'm like skipping to the next four or five. Or perhaps to the last one get the gist of it and may may go back and you know different pieces, and it would be much faster. Than other people so even in law school would be like how can you not i already got this i already so it doesn't mean that you are better than everybody else it's just the way that my brain operates the manifesting generators of the world if you're listening you probably resonate we just get things in a much faster way and we get bored in a very we get bored easily oh, so yeah need to, we, <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> so we need to be multitasking we need to be changing things so in my business i knew this and i used to joke even with friends that when i created my business the business plan i would literally be doing yoga like i'm doing my my kriya or my movement practice pause and then write the business plan part of it and then go back to the movement and do something else. And then like, oh, maybe I'm going to clean this because it's a little bit dirty. Like if, some, if somebody's watching, they're going to be, this woman has ADHD, you know, she's like not focused <laughs> at all. But to me, it made perfect sense. And when I heard about human design, this was in 2017, 16, actually, when I heard about it, my a friend of mine also connected to Guru Jaga. She's a manifestor, this woman, not Guru Jaga, Guru Jaga was a projector, but this woman was a, a manifestor. And she was like, talking about it and she's like oh you should read so she sort of like initiated me into the human design and when i read about my design i'm like oh, that is totally me so i kind of knew it right so these aspects were working but as i said everybody is subject to, to conditioning whether it's coming from outside pressure from people or the the planet and so for me it was more the open centers so the open centers are where you're, you're you came to learn from these open centers the one that don't have a caller when you look at your chart so for me it was more the need to define myself for example what is it that you do so okay. tell me quickly explain give a title to what you do i have an open g center i am not here to define anything that i do i'm here to see the person that i'm talking to and then we have an interaction i can become that person i can serve that person that way that was for me in the business field, because the business doesn't want that. The business has to be defined. So I had to really separate that. Who am I and who is my business? And the human design helped me to understand that. Oh, that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people could also take it and go, well, I can only do business in one way because this is who I am and so on the day-to-day yes it, it sounds like it helps you operate but it, you also realize that you're possibly going to be limited by that because you unless you create it as a separate entity if you will then yeah it, it might not have well who knows I don't know Well do you want to maybe talk a little bit more
1: on that Yeah. Yeah. So you could, you could like in astrology, you can do this, right? You can do an astrological chart for your business. So you design the day that you incorporate or the day that you launch your business, you can actually have like a a chart for it. You can Mm. do the same thing with human design, right? So my businesses had different designs for me and I could feel that very organically. So I'm the one of course, directing, operating, I'm the CEO and I have to spearhead this, this business, right? But I can see that it's different from me. Hmm. So my business, for example, I'm going to use my my studio. I had a yoga studio at some point in Vancouver. That business is a projector. (laughs) So projectors are waiting for the invitation. They have less energy. They're not there to like go, go, go. And it's funny because that was my space. That was my business. My business was... Word of mouth primarily, the studio grew through word of mouth. It grew through people telling friends. I didn't do any advertisement for it. And all of a sudden we were featured, you know, in magazines and things like that. It was very different, for example, from my coaching business, which is a manifest and generator. My coaching business is much more dynamic. I feel like I I feel the need to change and adapt to the people that I see and things that I see. And I just feel energetically called. To or excited about something new each day, right? So the businesses were different. But me, Roberta, I'm a manifesting generator. And the way that I operate the business is as a manifesting generator. But mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to interacting with the person that might be different from you. And this is one of the things that human design teaches you is how to interact with your spouse and you know, people around you, or maybe somebody we're having a conflict with. It's how can I, how can I respect that they're different and still be me? Mm. Right. So for me, that was kind of like a very a big aha moment of not trying to force things to be a certain way because other people, you know, did that way. That's not going to work for me personally. And business wise, I might need to fit like a name that you have to incorporate and you have to follow this. It's a yoga studio. And that's how people understand that's okay. That's kind of like the marketing business conversation. But when it comes to me and the way that I deal with my clients or perhaps talk about what I do, I am not going to fit into that category or, or fit myself into a box. That's kind of like the, the gist.
0: Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm curious then to know about sales and marketing in terms of how people come into your business. What does that look like for you? I'm really interested because most of the business owners, it will be a thing that they're it's present in their mind. I want to get more clients or I want to put out this offer mm-hmm. and then get clients for that. So what mm-hmm. does that look like for you with this coaching
1: business? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, with the coaching business, it's very, it's word of mouth primarily, mm-hmm. but also a little bit, and this is the funny, the funny thing is I said that I went to this networking event yesterday. That was the number one question they they asked me. So how do you get your clients? And I'm thinking like most of them actually came through word of mouth, but also social media, Instagram, you know, social media, this is something that people that there is this conversation that social media is dying and people are tired of it and this and that for business owners. I think that, I mean, my, my question is, and Guru Jagger used to say that too, like, this is your, this is your work. This is what you do. Yeah. If you're not on social media, what are you doing? What are you going to do? And I'm not personally the kind of person that is comfortable with knocking on people's doors and, you know, asking, do you want do you want me to teach here or, or maybe at a company or, you know, something like that. I have a friend that does that. He offers workshops to different at the, in a corporate setting. He just goes to companies, phones them or emails them and just offers free workshops and then eventually sells his business that way. That's not me personally. Mm. In human design, I'm a 2-4 personality. So this is my personality. I'm not comfortable doing that. So I'm not going to force myself into doing that. And the two fours is for people that know a little bit about human design. We are called the natural influencers, if you will. So we are much better in the situation where we have a little bit more control over who do we know because it's all about networking. Who do you know? Friends, friends of friends. And that's how you meet the next lead and the next client. And to be honest with you, a lot of people that I talk to that coach, not at a large scale, kind of like I'm doing an online course and then you have a large scale of event. But the people that do more one-on-one coaching, most of them actually met through word of mouth. Mm. Mm. So for me, that's really you know how it goes like back to that word organically naturally actually number two in human design I said I'm a two four number two is the natural so it's all about things flowing in a natural way or having things you don't you can't quite explain why it is but it is but that's the number one thing is word of mouth and a little bit of social media like I said I think that's this is what I think like I'm not always excited about posting on Instagram and you know making a TikTok video or whatever but then I asked myself, this is my business. What else am I going to do if I'm not doing anything? Mm. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: I like, though, that you recognize that the most powerful place for you to bring value to people is, yes, social media. But when you're with someone, you can have a really strong, impactful interaction with someone in person that'll leave a lasting impression that will either have them go and tell someone else or they'll book you as a result because they've been thinking about you. And so I think it's really great that you recognize that because I imagine that comes fairly easily to you to be that person and go and do that. It's not a struggle to, oh, I have to I mean, it's not easy to be in rooms with people that you might not know people as well, but it seems as though you've also found that to be more your natural inclination versus, yeah, like you said, going and knocking on doors, cold calling or doing the big launch That that is yeah. often the way that a lot of online marketers, that's the system they sell. Follow this yeah. launch sequence. Do this funnel. All of those more structured things. For you, it seems yeah. like there's a little less structure
1: to it. Yeah. Would you totally, say uh, totally, totally, one hundred percent? And I got to tell you though, I, I I will make confessions here. When I started doing, you know, like on working in in yoga meditation, and I opened my studio, as I said, and all of that, I did all the formula courses that you can possibly imagine in marketing all of the funnels and the, the things I try to use. And it just did not work at all. <laughs> it was just like money th- literally thrown in the garbage. Because first I felt such a resistance to it. This is such a manifesting generator too, because we'd like to do things differently. And I'm like, okay, but I will do it. I will do it because it's business. So all the stuff that they tell you, offer the freebie. And then after you offer the freebie, people are gonna like this and you can talk about, it, it just did not work at all knowing that my business is a projector, now I know why. But anyway, so this is back to the studio era. And I felt, I felt, you know what, I think there's a different way of doing this, there must be a different way, there must be a way that is more organic to me and what I do. You know, there must be a way that I feel more comfortable with. And I just had to try. I just had to try different things. So I even try like Facebook. I don't necessarily have a good relationship w- with a, the, the way that it looks like the layout. I don't love it. I just feel mm-hmm. like clunky. I just can't use it that well. So I felt, okay, it's not going to be Facebook. Instagram, I really liked because I like the I like to spend time there, like just looking at fashion and things like that. So I felt like, okay, maybe this is the one that is going to work. And I think because I liked it better, my energy was behind that I just felt excited about it so okay I'm gonna do this and the word of mouth it was genuinely organic back to the word because it felt it felt it felt like it was me I didn't have to necessarily pretend to be somebody else or or, or make like an effort selling even with the networking events that I mentioned I, I I don't necessarily love it because I feel that people get so nervous when they go there and I'm trying to help them and make them feel better. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I end up giving a little too much with these events. But every single event that I've been in my life, people have expressed interest afterwards. So even if I'm giving things for free and giving them a gist, of course, you cannot give everything in like 15 minutes of interaction with someone or in a noisy room and stuff. But there's always some kind of question about like, what is it that you do? Mm. And then you know you you, you give them give them a little sample change their lives in a, in 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 a way hmm. and then see and that's kind of like for me how it goes
0: yeah yeah that's really cool i think it's really cool that you've recognized that and you've settled into that because totally we we see people on both ends of the spectrum and so that's why we offer here's here's opportunities and if this really works for you and here's opportunities you double down on that whatever i think the moral of the story is whatever direction you choose just double down on it be consistent yeah. find find the thing that works and and then keep doing it yes okay sure. so to finish off i'd love to just hear how you work now you've got your your coaching you do the magnetic blueprint system with people but i know you also do some corporate work and your yoga is still there as well. So what does it look like? What is what is your, I yeah. want to say, I, I use the term revenue streams, but I feel like that sounds so official,
1: <laughs> but that's the only
0: word that's come to mind. So
1: yeah, yeah how do you, yeah. how do
0: you make money in your business? What does it look like?
1: So I'm a manifesting generator, as I said many times. I can do multiple things yet yeah. at, at the same time. I can hold, I can ha- have multiple hats and that's actually how I'm happier. It's not because, oh, I should do this because I have this type type of design. No, I've always been like that. This is what makes me happy. It makes sense. I do work primarily right now. I I decided for this beginning of the year, I decided to focus a little bit more on the coaching and the corporate meditation just because we, I had some opportunities like some events, lectures and speaking events that people wanted me to come. And I felt that people needed a bit more support with this whole career situation that I mentioned with the shifts that are happening on the planet. And people are like, I don't know, what do I want? I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I want to be. And there's a lot of that going on.
0: Mm. I
1: felt called to focus a little bit more on the pragmatics of it. A lot of questions about like money and and the situation on, on the planet and oh, financial crisis here and there. So I felt like I was needed in in this area I felt called to do something like that so that's primarily what I'm doing now but I still have the studio the online studio now we had a studio up until the pandemic started and we closed and I decided because I already had an online studio connected to my studio I felt let's just expand on that and close the brick and mortar I honestly I feel my heart goes out to anybody that kept studios during this time but it's such a It was intense, it was really like, in Canada especially, because we had a lot of tight, strict guidelines and stuff. So it didn't make sense to keep it. And so I kept the studio going on the side, the online studio, but right now my energy, I recognize that I can multitask, but I want to focus a little bit more on the one-on-one coaching. I'm feeling more called also to work that way, even with people from the studio. So I'm trying to transition some of the online clients that are taking classes online, I'm not teaching live classes at this point, but they have, there's a membership and courses that they can take at any time. That's kind of the, the main, I would say the main focus right now. Great,
0: I love it. I love it. I love how your business has evolved that whole story. And it seems like we could look back on the pandemic and say that, that it was, you know, it was a challenging time, but also, I guess, for you, it affirms the the new direction that you need to take with your work. And, and that was a really cool thing to get out of it as well for you. So thank you yeah. so much, Roberta, for such a fascinating conversation and going in all of these different directions and sharing your knowledge around, especially around the human design. I know that people are going to be very curious whether it be for their own business and understanding the energy side of that, or whether they're still in a career and they want to make a change, a corporate career or, you know, working for someone else, I mean, and they want to make a change in that side. So if people want to connect with you and find out more about how they could work with you or interact with you over social media, where can we do that?
1: I think Instagram is the best way. You can find me at Roberto Vomaro. I also have a website, robertavomaro.com. Yeah, these are the, the main ways. I mean, LinkedIn as well, because of course, being a lawyer, I, it's all about the LinkedIn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. But yeah, it has been such a pleasure to be here too. Thank you so much for having me.